Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Haunting Melissa. Hi, Mom. It's me, Melissa. If something's bothering you that you have been trying to tell me that you could just come out and say it so that you could rest in peace. This is the locked room where your mom died, right? Yeah. That room, it's like it dominates the place. I just think you need to go in there and confront the fact that your mom is gone. There are things in my house. There are voices. Mom? Melissa, it's Dad. What the hell is going on? Why don't you answer your phone? I know what they think. They think I'm going crazy like my mother. Dad is supposed to be dead. everything all right I think I just saw something something terrible happened in this place Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Mike Manello, and tonight's guest, Neil Edelstein. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks for having us. Um, so I'm Mike Manello. This is Neil. Hello. Uh, thanks for coming. So I want to start. Uh, uh, you've produced one of the most successful horror franchises, The Ring. Yeah. Uh, you produced my personal favorite David Lynch film, Mulholland Drive. Yeah. So clearly you know how to navigate... Uh, Hollywood to make a movie. So why Haunting Melissa and why an app? Sure. Um, truthfully, I was inspired by the first time I picked up the iPad and uh, thought to myself, wow, here's like a creative window to tell a story. Um, and at the time, I think it was a second iPad and the app store was obviously well established. So you have a storefront and a pipe all the way to delivery. So the idea of telling a story was kind of a natural thing. Um, as a film producer, you're always trying to find a venue. You know, it's really difficult to get movies made. So 
it, it seemed like kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a no-brainer, but the, the, the spark was, here's a distribution platform from storefront direct to end user. Um, and, and you don't have to deal with the headaches and, and the difficulty of making movies or, or television shows for that matter, which as everybody knows, you know, we all hear about the horror stories and the difficulties of that. So I thought, here's an awesome opportunity to go from storefront direct to device. And um, I think also the intimacy of holding these devices is so unique um, in that they're obviously in your hand and you're watching a screen closer than you would watching your television or sitting in a movie theater. So there was an opportunity to, to really um, address the intimacy. And I think uh, the idea of telling a ghost story seemed kind of um, like an obvious choice. Uh, and to be able to get people to sit with their devices in a dark room was even kind of more of an interesting concept. So that, that, that really was kind of what sparked me. So it was holding the iPad and then thinking like, what a great way to tell a story. Because um, clearly the technology is very sound. Right. So did did you go? Did, so so you kind of decided an app over say making an indie movie and selling it direct to fans like the way you know we've seen people like Louis C.K. for instance sell a video file directly to fans. Right. So but but you kind of had the idea immediately like do it in app format. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the app technology is so unique because it's really tight and sound and you have control over it. So say. Um, you know, still making a movie an independent film is difficult to do. There's, there's, uh, you know, a lot involved to get that movie made. And even if you get the movie made, it's really hard to get distribution. Um, you know, this seemed like that opportunity to get direct distribution, but the app technology, you have total control over the device in terms of the window and when people are inside the application and it felt like a tighter experience. I'd always looked at webisodes and looked at what people were doing in that environment and thought it was interesting, but I couldn't really get my head around um, you know, how you would monetize it and control the environment. Um, not because it's about making money, but because you gotta, you gotta raise money to create something. So the webisode thing seemed sloppy to me and, and just kind of investigating the technology, how powerful the iOS is, and again, the devices, you have incredible creative control um, o over your yeah. storytelling, and, and, and that's a unique thing. You know, it's yeah, a, it's it's a interesting. It's, opportunity. And it's actually what's interesting to me when as I hear you talk is that's a real um, filmmaker's point of view, right? The desire, you know, when you do a film, you know they're in a darkened theater, you know, there's a certain level of sound system that most people are gonna experience, and so you're controlling that. And you're right, like in a YouTube or in a webisode, you'd control only what's in the little window. Absolutely, and, and um, you know, it's still a challenge in that people's devices do so many different things. I mean, you can have your text messaging go off, your notifications, you're always gonna kinda fight those challenges. Um, but it's a pure window and it's a pure environment. And, and the devices are so powerful. I mean, the iPad and obviously the iPhones are so powerful to hold in your hands. I mean, you know, they're, we can see by the proliferation, but everybody knows you can watch a movie on a small screen and be emotionally engaged. I think that was one of the challenges too that I, that I questioned all the games. Like, can I emotionally engage people in the storytelling? Because that's really the top priority. Or do people yeah. care about the story? Are they engaged in the story? And without question, because of the power of the device, um, just in terms of a pure viewing experience, not, not so much about the technology behind it, that's important in creating it, right. but most users, want to engage in the storytelling and watch something passively, which was, which was my goal to tell a passive story. 
right? So, so that's interesting because I, uh, my next question is actually about how you knew you were gonna you were gonna deliver this through an app. So immediately, to me, that says you kind of immediately thought, okay, this is not going to be a traditional, even though it's going to be a passive viewing experience, it's not a traditional linear feature film. Sure. So how did that inform, did that inform um, uh, uh, the writing process and the story structure? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, I f when I first kind of thought about the approach, what I didn't want to do was be just a movie and an application. I didn't want to be a small version of Netflix, um, and I didn't want to find a, you know, have a script laying around that I couldn't get made or a movie I couldn't get distributed. I wanted to conceive something from the ground up, and I felt like it had to be different. It's got to be different. You can't, again, just be a 90-minute movie in an application. So, you know, Haunting Melissa unravels on a kind of an unpredictable schedule. Uh, which we can talk more about um, in terms of controlling that schedule. And I wanted it to be that way. I wanted people to have that unexpected experience of like, when's the next piece coming? Um, I know we live in this world of like binge viewing, but this isn't trying to compete on that level. It's trying to be something different um, and be a channel that's always open. So the idea of pushing content sporadically in different shapes and sizes was really exciting. And I, and, I, and I think part of having to make it different, along with some other things that we did, like the dynamic story elements that we've talked about, but it did inform the screenwriting. It had to. Um, the idea was a, a ghost story, and then you start thinking about how does that um, story obviously unravel uh, in a way that it's not going to be fit in this is a movie box. And, and looking at the trailer, you can see there's some challenges there, because you see the trailer, it looks like a movie. Um, but yeah. This, so, this, so tell me about dynamic story elements, right? Because this is something that you have to think sure, about in yeah. the writing stage, yes. and it's going to affect how Absolutely. it's written. Yeah. Uh, dynamic story elements is part of this effort to tell a story in a different way. So what is it? If you go back and watch, things change. So for instance, in the first chapter, um, Melissa and her friend Holly are navigating through this house, and they see this ghost in the corner of a room. When you go back and watch that chapter again, the ghost is gone. So I wanted to, to be able to, again, tell stories in a different way. And throughout the story, there are these incidences sprinkled throughout. Um, and I thought, what a cool opportunity to try to do something different. And can it work? And that's part of the power of this device and the software. We did a bunch of testing. But in order to approach it and do it, we had to shoot things multiple ways and test things different ways as well. So that, that was definitely part of uh, having to inform the script and, and treat the script in a different way because it's, it's shooting your linear story, but it's also adding these other elements um, that allow you to pull off this trick, if you will. Um, and it's also something that um, we have a lot of control over through a CMS, powerful CMS that we built which is um, something on the backside where we can turn these switches on and off so that these events can happen sporadically, um, which is really cool. And I think something we've just scraped the surface of playing with and ultimately where we'll go and telling more of Haunting Melissa and other projects, we'll be able to really push that technology in, a, in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. And, and one last thing about that, I think it's a big challenge to not make it gimmicky in the sense that um, we're not a video game uh, I love video games, but I would never know how to make one. And um, we're not choose your own adventure either, which I think is a cool thing, but not for me in terms of wanting to tell a story to engage people. So 
dynamic story elements are there. I think they thematically play with the story about a girl being haunted. Is my device being haunted? We've seen the fan reaction of people going, oh my God, I went back and watched and something was different. How is that possible? So did you, did you, did you let the audience know that, that they could go back and watch and that things would change or did no. you let them discover no, that? No, we let it discover and it kind of just sparked and people started talking about it and the community started talking about it, um, which has been really fun to watch. We have a great fan base, people really engaged and a lot of good conversation and it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Um, Cause I think if you lead with that, it feels like a gimmick, you know, it, it's, it's what it all becomes in some way. So we wanted to avoid that. Right. So, so, um, you know, it's interesting because you, there's, there, there's, I get the choose your own adventure because I, I, I agree. People, I think when they want a storytelling experience, they don't want to make the decisions for the characters. They want sure. the characters yeah. to have agency. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a middle ground between, I think, interactivity and game. And I'm curious about why you wanted uh, Haunting Melissa to be specifically passive. Because um, I think it's the best kind of storytelling is passive storytelling. Um, sitting in a movie theater or watching television, you have to be engaged in the story. Uh, if your eyes are off the screen, you're missing something. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about sitting in a movie theater is you're kind of locked in a box. Um, and I just firmly believe that's the best way to get people engaged is to watch that story and be focused on it. And once your brain stops to make a decision, you're dissipating that environment that you're creating for people to be engaged in, you're breaking the reality. And I've seen a lot of stuff with, you know, choose your own adventure technology. And if I'm watching something on the screen and my phone starts ringing and it's because it's something's happening in the story, I, yeah, it's cool, but I'm gone from the story. I'm thinking about my phone. So for me, it was always about telling a, a linear story or a passive experience and then trying to find ways like dynamic story elements to make it different. Right to to play on exactly so, okay so um, uh, so so here's a question because I, I definitely want to get into the infrastructure that you created and the control that you have over the experience through the app but so did did you shoot the entire film how much of this infrastructure that you were building were you aware of when you shot good question we shot the film or the, the, the content in its entirety, and we were somewhat simultaneously building the infrastructure. Um, I knew who my developers were, um, my, 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 my software guys who, who, who write the code, who are unbelievable guys. Um, uh, and I knew who they were, and we were on the path to building it. Um, so it wasn't like get it in the can, then figure out the, the iOS like, thing. Have you it seen was, wireframes, or did yes, you have an understanding yeah, yeah. of what, we had, what the basic user yes, experience was going to be like? We had a basic understanding. We had wireframes. We were working towards it. Uh, it's always malleable. You know, it's something you got to be really open-minded about changing. So it was there. It was in place. It was moving, um, and it, and it, and it kind of timed out and worked really well in, the, in that regard. I mean, there's certainly been some challenges uh, along the way, and there continue to be, but... Um, yeah. So can you tell me about some of those challenges? Sure. Um, I mean, there's a there's a there's a whole host of things. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is marketing and awareness. Uh, you know, it's 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 a loud world right now. So how do you get people to pay attention to what you're creating to get them engaged? Um, also, um, it's an experience that stops and starts differently for people. So there's always an audience coming in behind people that have already finished it or through it, which can create confusion. And it's also a challenge 
when it comes to social media and that environment and kind of spoilers and you know not wanting people to feel like they they're left out of something i think a, a degree of that's good but ultimately you know it, it's a constant massaging of the message and communicating with people that's that's really kind of the biggest challenge there i mean there's a there's a host of technical challenges that we're c continually working with so, um, so so let's let's talk a little bit about the marketing because i think it's interesting because as a filmmaker it's an area that i think especially if you're working with a studio you kind of have approval on and you see stuff but you're not responsible for it sure. in that sense yeah. and now you're going at it direct to consumer, yeah. direct to the user, so you've yeah. got to deal with it. And I thought um, there were some interesting choices about uh, encouraging people to share. At least in the first iteration of the app, in, this, in, the, sure. in the new one, it seems to have adjusted a little. And I'm curious sure. about what, like, you know, how, how, how important you felt that was in the first iteration and, and how, how, what you learned that made you kind of adjust sure. in, in the new version. Well, uh, you know, social's really, I think, intertwined into the app in a, in a good way. I think we can do a lot better, um, but there's a lot of kind of promotions that if you share at the beginning of the app and share out, um, you know, it, it hopefully creates some virality. I mean, we've, we've ultimately moved to this system that's, I guess you'd call friend gating, um, which is you can really kind of unlock everything and go through the experience by engaging Facebook friends to download the app if they haven't done it to kind of push you through the process. It's, it's not too different than I think what Candy Crush has done, I guess to soil the conversation a little bit. Um, but uh, it's good, it's it, good, it, good to pull from yeah, other things it, it, and, absolutely. And, and how they apply to absolutely. an experience like this. And I, and I think, you know, um, it's crucial to do. It's, 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 it's a unique opportunity. Um, and uh, it takes a lot, of, a lot of work and a lot of messaging there too because you don't want to run into the redundancy of the same thing being pushed out. Um, but it's um, it's something you have to do and you want to do because it's it's it it kind of helps foster that community in that environment and and it's a good way to kind of push your creativity out to the world. So so has the social sharing been effective for that? Has absolutely. it been generating? Yeah, training? absolutely. It's been effective. We've seen a direct response to it. Kind of whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram has been explosive for us, um, which is is I mean the follower, following numbers are, you know, in the tens of thousands, and you can see the conversation there. And we built in, um, as, as we iterate the app, we built in this um, ability to screen capture um, and share out still images, which is kind of like a little bit difficult to get your head around at first, like, well, oh, we're creating this content, and then we're going to kind of let, let people just rip it and throw it out there, right. which is awesome. You know, it's great, and it helps. And it, and it kind of fosters creativity around the storytelling as well. Um, and the community, so it has worked. Yes, yeah. Now, is is that activity going to be something you take into account uh, moving forward? Yeah, I think yeah. absolutely. Um, there's there's great opportunities in moving forward as we kind of bridge through what Haunting Melissa is now to a sequel, prequel slash sequel. Um, after the first of the year, you know, really looking at creating some some new storylines that may exist only on the internet. Um, and that's a trick unto itself because it could kind of turn into dinner theater in a way that you don't want it to be. Because for me, it's got to continue to be about the app and what happens in the app and on the devices and not people kind of getting lost in this world that's online. It's dangerous, but you can't control it. It's ultimately just, it is what it is, but you want to keep people that have finished the experience engaged in some way. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're mapping out what, what that experience is going to be between the two and, and, and during the sequel and beyond.
Right. So just as a film producer, right, it's a, it's a, a pretty daunting task to go into, and now I'm going to build an app and a back-end infrastructure to deliver this thing, and it's going to be an ongoing concern. Um, how, did you, how did you kind of dive in and, and deal with this whole new world, all this technology? Um, just that, dive in. I mean, I think on, on a lot of levels, uh, you look at um, what Apple's done with their, from the App Store to the iOS to the devices, and it's inviting. It's not scary. It, and it kind of, I think, fosters creativity. You know, you, you hold the device, you're like, holy smokes, I gotta try to create something on this thing. It is awesome. I wanna be part of this. So, you, you know, if you have a story and idea that you believe in, you're, you're gonna find a way to figure it out. I mean, there's a ton of daunting tasks making a movie in post-production now more than ever with visual effects and digital delivery. So, I think um, but even, maybe naively like, I tried so, to do some things that I don't know if I could have done, but I knew I would figure it out one way or another. Right. And, and it goes back to having awesome software developers and, and people around you. Uh, I mean, it takes an army of people to help you make a movie and even more to do something like this. So I've got really good people around me. It, it, that's the truth of it. So, it? so that was that kind of your first step was let me find someone who's done something, who's made an app before? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And did some research in that on that front and kind of kicked around... Um, and talked to some people and, and got fortunate to find uh, two guys um, who I now work with every day. You know, it was kind of all a la carte initially. Um, but, uh, you, you, you know, you, you, you got to rely on other people because you can't do it all. And, and certainly I don't know how to write code. Right. Um, but, you know, you got to be patient and open-minded and try things. And, and a lot of great things happen from accidents, too. So, um, it's it is daunting, but I think you can't tell, look tell at me, it. Tell me, do you have an example of, of an accident that that that's that um, is now a part of the app? Well, or a part let of me experience? think. I mean, I think there, well, there's some stuff with sound that I think became happy accidents as we started playing around with sound. Um, I, strangely, when we first launched the app, I mean, this is just like such a boneheaded thing. We didn't have push notifications with sound, which is like, I mean, how stupid could you be? So we started like toying around with uh, um, some sound in a different way and we're like, oh, this would be great for the push notifications. Like, I mean, pretty common sense, but we've seen that kind of evolve into, into more than it, than it was. Um, but uh, it, right now, actually, we're going through some testing with localization for um, different languages, obviously, and in, 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 uh, different countries. And, and we're just kind of playing around with the software on that side. It's boring stuff, but we're finding out that there's much more there to be done than we initially thought. So right. I guess that, I wouldn't call that a happy accident, but it's kind of the more you dig into the software right. and, and, and try to flex it, it does a lot. Yeah. And what I'm also hearing a little bit, tell me if this is true, is that you're figuring out how much of the experience, even outside of when somebody clicks on that app or touches that app to launch it, how much of that is actually part of the story or inherent? I mean, I remember when you made that change and all of a sudden I saw people on Twitter going, you know, basically tweeting at you saying, you know, holy crap, <laughs> this scared the hell out of me, this yeah. the, uh, yeah. the push notification. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, a, it's seemingly a small... Um, small thing, um, but you realize quickly, like, push notifications are a really powerful tool. I mean, it's kind of how this whole project is built in many ways, is that ability to directly get to your audience yep. continually. So we've, uh, we've covered a, a lot of ground. I think we have more to cover, but I think it's a good t time to throw to the audience and see if you have any questions. Thank you. Um, I wondered, uh, and I know you guys touched on this, but thematically, 
having a background in movies and then transitioning to trying to tell a story in an app, thematically, did you run into anything that you didn't foresee, or did it did that force your hand in any way in how to tell the story? Um, what's your name? Nick. Thanks, Nick. Um, I think it uh, thematically, it's well. It, the challenge is always again, you know, you're you're dealing with technology, so you're you're wanting to kind of get people into this story and not think about the technology once they're in the story. Candidly, the idea of your device being haunted and this girl's life being haunted really worked well together. And that's why like the dynamic story elements are so cool because it's like, is my device haunted? So we were able to really, I think, hit, hit that stuff well and will continue to. The challenge may come when you try to work into other genres, um, but, but uh, if I think I understand your question, um, all, the, the big challenge is always like someone's holding a piece of technology in their hand. How do, you, how do you make sure that they're focused on the story and not like scratching to check their Twitter feed or their text messages or whatnot? And, and, and ultimately, you know, you, you can't control that. So um, that answer the question. Cool. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the infrastructure and the control, because you, you talk that you can get really granular with, with, with changes sure. to the experience. Sure, yeah. um, well, not to get too technical, because um, I don't necessarily understand all of it. Um, in building out this schedule that we have, before we mapped it out and, and, it, and it was built, you want to have as much control as possible over that schedule, because you don't want to be locked into something that may not work. So we're constantly noodling and looking at when we deliver pieces of story, what's the distance between each chapter, what time does that happen, um, and, and somewhat watching behavior and being able to react to that in terms of just pure data. So, you know, that's important because it can, it can enhance the experience, obviously, and, and you can also see where people stop watching and why are they, stopping you don't really know but you can use the technology to help kind of push people through that funnel whether it's through push notifications which are kind of the best option um, and obviously when you update the app hopefully people up, update the app and it, and it reminds them but um, it's it's really yeah the scheduling aspect of it for us because it's a disjointed schedule um, is, is something we constantly monitor and make adjustments to and feel like initially the schedule may have been a little bit too long in parts, but we can shrink that schedule in real time um, yeah. s simply by just g going to a computer and changing the timeline um, through the server, which is pretty awesome. Right. Um, and, and you can test a little bit a different schedule between different users as well to see how they react and so whether they can test. Exactly, yes. Wow, and, and how, how much A-B testing did you do? Well, we're continuing A-B test. I mean, it's, it's schedule varies, you know, for, for, for some people. Um, and um, you're looking at data that's pretty good and actionable in terms of, you know, are people converting faster because they're getting pieces sooner or is it irrelevant? Um, but I think it's important um, that, that, like, thematically it stays a mystery, you know, that, that it's always going to be a mystery as when do these pieces are coming. Yeah, I, I, know, I know we have a question. Give me one. I want to follow up one, one quick sure. thing. Did you um, change the... the I don't want to call it a film, <laughs> yeah. but the film itself. Like, did you edit? Did you tweak and edit we've the done, film after, yeah, we've, after we've, the we've done the app? We've done some tweaks. Yeah, there's been some tightening and some tweaks in some places, um, which is another awesome thing in that it's kind of, 
you no know, one knows. No one knows. You're dealing in a digital world, and you're able to make these changes very quickly and edit things and put them on a server, and no one knows, and the changes are made, which is really awesome. And, and you don't useful. have to push a new app to do that. You don't have to push Please. a new app. So it's, it's all server, server side, so, which bodes well for a SQL, obviously, too, because it's about the infrastructure is built, and it's about pushing new content through the app. The question I had was actually regarding the, the schedule you were talking about. And I'm still a little bit confused as the pieces that are being pushed. So it's a little episodic kind of. Um, does that make it more TV show-esque? Or how long is each chapter, as, sure. as you named it? Um, just Sure. What, what's your name? Mauricio. Mauricio. Thanks. Um, it's it's kind of TV, but it's, it's, it's not TV because the pieces aren't, you know, each successive chapter. Um, I mean, that's somewhat you can see the chapters um each successive chapter uh, is a different length you're never going to get something that's uniform so it could be initially you're getting 20 minutes of story two days later you may get five minutes of story one day later you may get 30 seconds four days later you may get you know 15 minutes so there's never really a consistent rhythm to any of it and i think that's part of the fun of playing with the technology and kind of trying to shake up the storytelling. I mean, ultimately you, you run out of content, so you gotta be prepared to what we're doing, ramp, ramp a sequel and more. Um, and that's an exciting challenge again, because it's the apps on your device, it's gonna keep coming. So, so it's interesting, because we're talking about a sequel. So I have a question. Um, had, did you at all weigh the idea of creating a, a generic container app like Netflix yeah. and then feed haunting Melissa and yeah. be, allow yourself to feed other uh, movies, different genres? No, no. Um, I guess maybe in down the road you'd get there to aggregate everything, but no, because I feel like the app, the app icon itself is such valuable real estate. It, it, and it's part of your art. It's your key art. You know, it's a crucial piece of marketing, how people look at that application. And you spend a lot of time on it and, and how it is small is different than how it is big. So I feel like that is like, it's your stamp, you know, it's your DNA. So you really want to make sure that from that image all the way through into the app, it's a cohesive kind of thematic experience. So I think if you start breaking it into being some type of, you know, multi-use channel, um, your HBO and I'm not them, but you know, it's, I, I feel like you want to make it that individual clean experience. And for me, it's still important to have a little bit of that independent spirit DNA in the project. And, and I think if you start kind of branded in a bigger way, you, you lose, you lose some of that, um, grassroots right. vibe. Right. So, 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 uh, you've talked, we talked about a sequel. Will, will, will a, a sequel have its own app? Uh, no, it would it would go into the app that exists already because you have so many installs. We're fortunate that we have a pretty solid install base. You're just going to create confusion, right? Build on what's there, and that's a whole host of challenges as well because you're dealing with, you know, um, downloaded story pieces which consume a degree of, of 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 storage space which we're constantly managing and looking at. So it's it's a tricky challenge. Um, to kind of keep loading into this app. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, but at the same time, the, so the app is going to remain Haunting Melissa World. Yes. So anything you do, whether it's a, now have you thought a sequel, right? It's, I mean, the thing interesting, Haunting Melissa is still, for the most part, a feature length experience. It's broken up. And I have to say, I'm glad you fixed the timing because uh, I downloaded it right away. Yep. And I think it was between the, maybe the, I can't remember if it was the third and fourth 
sequence or the fourth and fifth. Yeah. But there was a moment where I was like, damn it, Neil, give me my next yeah. chapter. Yeah, I would have unlocked it for you if you would have sent me an email. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but um, um, will the sequel kind of maintain? Are you going to keep that feature length structure at least? I know, I know you've got to deal with, this, with it on a scene by scene level or where the breaks are, but are you going to play with even like the length? We've already, we're already using kind of a lot, well, a lot of things that we've learned already, we're going to apply to a script that already exists um, and do things differently and I think throw some curveballs to kind of keep it continually different. And, and, and mysterious, and, and I think um, the sequel is such a different world and texture uh, and, and has so many different cool opportunities, that, but, but it's definitely going to have its own rhythm and, and, and kind of vibe to it. We've already got some cool things that we're working on that we're excited about in terms of how it's going to get launched. Um, so uh, right. we, we've learned from some, of the, from, from some things, and we want to do some things better. Right. So um, I have a question about uh, the, you, we talked about the data, and um, um, I know that when we first talked before the app had come out, you had a pretty clear idea of who the the audience was yeah. for this. Yeah. And now that you're seeing data, because um, I found this to always surprise me, yeah. ha, is your impression of who the audience was is it was it accurate or has it kind of shifted? Who's who's watching? I I think it's it's a well the stuff of like audiences and demographics and stuff to try to predict who's going to like what is really a weird thing anyways. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely skewed broader than I thought. It's certainly being driven by teenagers, um, which is what I expected because it's psychological horror. Um, but it's certainly skewed much older uh, uh, in a good way, um, obviously. And I think people are engaged across the board and we're seeing that. And all your data is not pure, you know what I mean? Some of it you can gather from f specifics of Facebook, um, but a lot of it you can't, so it's kind of like, it's really hard to be super fine about demographics and things of that nature, although there is some fine data, but in totality, it's definitely skewing um, broader than I thought, which is which is awesome. That's great. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think you ever want to make something targeted at, at, right. at like, you know, 17-year-old girls. It's like yeah. you want to hit the, the widest mark for as many people possible to entertain. Right. So I, I have a question about uh, PR and marketing because I know that's a, an important part when you're going directly to people. And it was, in, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to call it a film when we were talking about it here. So, and I know how PR works. It's a, a simple, clear message. What's the hook? Yeah. And, and, and this app is kind of, it's, it can be a complicated story to tell. Did yeah. you did you find uh, did you find the entertainment press open to writing about it? Or did you struggle? And 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 what about the tech press? Like where, who got it um, and who didn't? I think people were interested in it um, because it's different. Uh, you know, I still don't have like that catchy term for exactly what it is. We've talked about that endlessly and st struggled with it. Um, you know, you hear things like episodes or, you know, but we never kind of coined that thing, unfortunately, or I don't know, maybe that's a good thing. But um, people really embraced it and were interested because I, well, I have great publicists who helped big time, but um, I think it was kind of a mix across the board. People are interested because it's different and it's, um, it's not in a box. I think there was some skepticism, which the first question was like, why, this is a movie inside an application, why isn't it? And you gotta explain. Um, 
and that'll always be a challenge, I think. Um, because and yet, I mean, the existence of this thing is a challenge to the entertainment industry in some ways. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Um, and I think there's some sideways glances at it. We've certainly got some reaction from people inside the entertainment industry. Nothing overtly negative, but kind of like, you know, what the hell is this thing? This can't really work. Um, and and great. I mean, we love being disruptive and being an underdog and uh, inspiring other people to create actually and not have to deal under the the yoke of what exists which is so difficult and and you know can be you know really daunting and, right. and miserable in many ways so i think if anything honey melissa is like i hope a testament to inspire people especially independent filmmakers and artists across the board i mean it's not easy to do by any means but it's certainly if you're passionate and you have a vision you can you can make it happen no doubt hi uh um, I just wanted to find out whether there was at any point in the process, maybe early on in the writing, because of the way the content's being delivered at different intervals, whether there was a concern that people would just be thrown out of the story. So if I got a piece, watched it, and then three days later got the next piece, whether people absolutely actually, and yeah. how how did you navigate that concern? Yeah. What's your name? Uh, Ari. Ari, thanks. Yeah, huge concern. I mean, uh, the screenwriter that I worked with, Andrew Claven, who I wanted to work with because he's a screenwriter and also a novelist. I chose him because I knew he had this kind of dual discipline and he's written in the genre. I've worked with him before. I think he's a fantastic, vastly underrated writer. Um, he's like, but this isn't going to work. I mean, he thought it was kind of a boneheaded idea exactly because of that, like the schedule. And I mean, he didn't really, it's not that he didn't get it. He just was kind of insecure about it and, we're constantly worrying about that. I mean, I'm hearing fans, you know, daily people telling us, I want the next piece. What the F? Why, what, you know, uh, this should happen now. And it's just not what it is. You know, if we do that, we're just a movie inside an app. And it wasn't written to be broken up for the sake of being broken up. It was written and conceived to have these hopefully natural breaks that leave you hanging and push story forward like TV in that regard, right? Something that leaves you hanging, which was referenced earlier in terms of is it TV? You, you know, you gotta have cliffhangers and you gotta have people interested or obviously feeding along with the mystery. So that challenge exists continually. Um, it'll never go away. But the idea of being able to watch a whole movie in an application, that's Netflix, right? And, and, and for me, I'm not, I'm not that interested in it. I mean, I, I have Netflix and I enjoy it, but this is, got to be a completely different form and it's a constant challenge because that's it goes against people's expectations so I think about it continually but what are you going to do you just got to put it out there and see if people people take to it you know and I mean I think the best analogy for me was it's like a book that you, you know we all love reading books but how often do you finish a book in one sitting you put it down on the nightstand and you think about it and sometimes thinking about that book is as powerful as when you're reading it and wanting to get back to it and hopefully this works on that level as well, we think. That's uh, your, your call for experimentation is pure indie filmmaker. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. It is, it's great. So um, well, I guess as we close out, I wanna ask one question. Um, have you thought about licensing this platform for other filmmakers and storytellers who maybe don't wanna take the dive into building it themselves? Yeah, and that came, that, that's come to us 
not by we didn't initially think of that, but it, we've been getting asked that a lot. I think we're certainly open to it, and it's part of where we'll go hopefully in the upcoming year. Um, currently, don't really have the bandwidth to do it, but I think we'll get there, and that's exciting. Um, but we got to do it in a different way as well. You know, it's n not looking to be YouTube, so absolutely support independent filmmakers and people that are interested in kind of expanding on what we have. We're very open to that, somehow getting the code out there in a way where people can embrace it and, and take advantage of it. So right. hopefully any, in 2014, yeah. we, we, we go further down that path. Any secret uh, hints or anything you can give us about the sequel? Um, yeah, it's going to be a blend of the past, uh, the current, and, and kind of what's coming. So it's it's... Haunting Melissa was always designed to be a much larger world than what we initially shot, and we'll be going backwards in our story, I think, in a good way. So it's a few stories woven together um, and some strange, odd things that are seemingly not placed within the world. So we, we have a chance to really expand the world, so we're, we're excited about it. Yeah. Any, any last words of advice for... Um, no, just thanks, everybody, for coming, and thanks, Apple. It's It's... Awesome to work with you guys across the board and uh, honor to be here and talk about this experience and, and just, you know, thanks to everybody for supporting us and, and stay tuned because there's more fun stuff coming. All right. Well, everybody join me in thanking Neil Edelson for being Thank here you. tonight. The app, Haunting Melissa. If you haven't downloaded it already, jump in the app store. Check it out right now.